Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And this is the superhero of your heart, Matt Golden. And this week we are talking about the new film, Venom. Are we really? We are. Glad oh, to see cool. you came prepared. I yeah. watched uh, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse trailer again. Does that count? Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, I just yeah. laughed after that and was like, yeah. that movie couldn't have been better. So, I don't know how you felt, but after watching this trailer, after hearing about the announcement of the film, I was like, iffy. After watching the trailer, I was less excited. After seeing the reviews, I was even less excited. Well, don't yeah. forget, I was less excited also when they removed the R rating from the film. Yeah. So, it's just this downward just slope of disappointment uh, before seeing the film. Yeah, the trajectory was yeah. never good for the movie. And I will say to start off with, I thought the film had problems, a lot of problems, but I actually enjoyed what I saw. It was fine. It was acceptable. Um, which is more than I expected going into it. So it surpassed the minimal expectations I had for the film. Yeah, it's uh, Venom, for those who don't know, is a traditional villain from the Spider-Man comics. Um, it's a symbiote from outer space uh, that crashes down Earth. And then the true origin, uh, it's part of the black Spider-Man suit uh, from the original Secret Wars. Uh, it kind of spirals from there. Until it finds Eddie Brock to become Venom. That's the very, very short, very abridged version of the character history. Uh, I didn't understand a word you just said. Todd McFarlane was the first guy to draw Venom to. So that's part of his claim to fame. Um, but this version of Venom is still Eddie Brock. he was the guy that invented Spanx. Yeah, he did. Spanx. Uh, <laughs> like that comic book, Spanx? Yeah, Spanx over at Homage Comics. Yes. Uh, but in this, Eddie Brock is... Uh, he works for a, as a newspaper reporter, or actually a TV reporter, I believe, in San Francisco. Yeah, he's uh, he's hot shit. He's he's Joe Cool Guy. Mister rides his motorcycle. Yeah, it seems his... like it's a very like Vice type uh, yeah. atmosphere. Uh, he's he's the hunk for the local Vice yeah. channel. Uh, with a strange voice, I can't quite tell like what Tom Hardy is going for. Uh, he sounded like he was from Boston, yeah. living in. I don't know what it was. Like he was kind of like Southie a little bit. Yeah, but I don't. I couldn't place that accent at I all. We'll say my favorite thing though, towards the beginning, was that it's Eddie Brock, incredibly successful uh, reporter at a major news industry, and his fiance a lawyer. But since they lived in the Bay Area, they could still only afford a small one bedroom apartment. Yep. Yeah. It was a nice one bedroom yeah. apartment. It was a really nice yeah. place. But that was still like I was like that was the most realistic thing about this film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hyper realistic man. It's a nice one bedroom apartment. And I don't know about you, but like when it was like in San Francisco, like okay, when is Ant Man going to show up? Any moment now, we're going to see Ant Man. That's what I wanted in my heart. I want Ant Man just to come out of nowhere. I hope that they. I was really hoping that they're just going to turn this into a West Coast Avengers film. With Venom as the lead of the That'd West Coast Avengers. That would be amazing. Yeah. I know. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I totally see that sequel. Did yeah. I just write a way better movie? 100%? Yeah, you did. 100% I did. I'll say this. Uh, I think we should go ahead and just jump into... We'll go into the actual two of the story a little bit. Essentially, A. Brock's a reporter. He has a fiancé. The symbiote eventually finds him. Uh, after he does some reporting uh, based off a lead from a doctor. After he gets fired 
from asking tough questions for a rich guy who happens to be a client of his lawyer's girlfriend. It's all very convoluted. Uh, uh, yeah, essentially it ends up with him being so down and out, down and out that he loses his apartment, mm-hmm. his job, and his girlfriend. And almost his will to live, it seems like. Yeah. He didn't have so, much going on for him. No. So, I mean, it was... Uh, and that's like the first hour of it. And I think, to me, I think that's where a, a lot of the problems... To me, it's like two different films. The first hour is just so drawn out and just so not interesting. Um, Pretty boring. The the villain is played by Riz Ahmed, who, who's a talented actor. Yes. But he's a typical, like, megalomania-type villain that has no real depth at all. Uh, now, you see, now you're getting into my favorite... Uh, my favorite parts of this movie was the love story between uh, Jenny Slate's character, Dr. Uh, Doris Girth, and clearly how bad she had it for Dr. <laughs> Carlton Kane. Uh, tale as old as time. I, was gonna, I love Jenny Slate. She's one of my favorite actors out there. Uh, yes, agreed. I thought, she was, I thought she was a little underused in this. Yeah. And spoilers. Spoilers for the film Venom. Oh, no. We, hey, we got in there right before we really spoiled some shit. The fact that she died off screen just made her, her character seem extra pointless throughout the film. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll say this. I kept thought they are calling her Dr. Skirt. And I was like, wow, this film is <laughs> radically sexist. Uh, There's an H at the end, but you can't really tell. It might as well be Dr. Skirt. I think that was just really <laughs> lazy writing. She's like the one female doctor. Dr. Skirt, get over here. <laughs> How are your kids, Dr. Skirt? Uh, it, yeah, she tragically dies when uh, the man who loves her more than life itself, uh, she betrays him in a uh, suicidal love type of a thing where she you know, brings Eddie in where he discovers yeah. him. And you know, she sadly loses her life because the man that she loves couldn't, couldn't do anything. I will say, before you get to like the boring part of the beginning, the, the intro is pretty cool. It's a spaceship re-entering Earth. Is it? Is, it, uh, is that really cool, though? It is cool, because it's J. Jonah Jameson's son on the spaceship, uh, who is his origin in the comics. Uh, he was an astronaut who died in a plane crash, who later becomes a werewolf. So I thought that was a nice uh, Easter egg. Grab that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty neat. But then we just get into... The a very men in black yeah. kind of a thing happening yeah. here. Yeah, it, it is very men in black. That's a good comparison. But then it cuts like interesting men in black stuff, but without like the buddy cop, cop drama of Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, what are yeah. you talking about? Tom Hardy and Venom. Yeah, there's your buddy cop with Michelle yeah. Williams. Michelle Williams plays his fiance, and yeah. I, I thought she was fine. It's like nothing. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a weird role for her to take. It was a super yeah. weird role. Like you're Michelle Williams. I feel like you could have a way bigger role. Than just like the female love interest, yeah, in Venom. Well, she was a single female lawyer at one point. Yeah, yeah. not for very long. Doctor no. Dan came along. Yeah, scoop that. Doctor was a nice guy. Doctor yeah. Dan was a, a yeah. real hunk. That, but, hey, let me just say, Michelle Williams has excellent taste in men. She goes with a hunk reporter <laughs> to a hunk doctor. This lady's got her life figured out. Yeah, she's really the hero of this film, if you ask me. I will say this too. Like this is how I I saw this film less than a week ago. And I feel like I've forgotten so much of it already. Uh, I saw this film yesterday, and I feel like I've forgotten <laughs> so much of this film. This like this film reminds me of like an eighties, nineties like type film, like the kind yeah. that you just scroll and you'd see a, you'd see on cable, and like that's how you watch it, cut with like commercial breaks. Except the commercial breaks were all in the first half of this film, and it was an hour long combined commercial break. Yeah, of just boring stuff about Eddie Brock's life, with no references to Spider Man. Yeah, I 
I thought the first half was one of the more, more boring um, blockbusters there's ever been. Now, when he gets a symbiote, I think it's going to start, still start to get, gets really ramped up. And obviously, it takes way too long for that to happen. Uh, but the symbiote attaches to him. And the way this film works is that the symbiotes kill most hosts and some hosts they bond with. And the Venom symbiote has bonded with Eddie Brock. Uh, and the way it works is Eddie hears Venom's voice uh, whenever the symbiote is attached to him. And actually, at first I thought oh, that's kind of an annoying trait, but I actually liked it. Like, it, I, it really grew on me towards the film. I thought... Yeah, the yeah. first two or three times I was yeah. super annoyed by it. I was yeah. like, this is dumb. This is really stupid. I don't like what they're yeah. doing. And I ended up liking it. Yeah, because they made it fun. Like, yeah. they made Venom just this merciless, ruthless killer who's still learning about Earth at the same time and yeah. learning about people. One to eat people's heads exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was pretty great. Like, they, it was, it was a different twist on what you see from Venom in the comics, but it's still, I think, pretty true to the core of the character itself. Just a violent, merciless killer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, would this movie have benefited with that R rating? Because I, I only feel like the R rating would have helped us in these action sequences and kind of the head-biting-off stuff. I do think it would have helped from our writing because there was a lot of horror elements in this film, I felt like. It was Ruben Fleischer has a horror background as a director, uh, and I think definitely would have helped with an R rating on there. Uh, not, not necessarily because that needed to be more gruesome, but just because I feel like that's too Venom. Like, Venom tears people hearts. Like you mentioned, he eats heads. Uh, like, that's exactly who he is. So, And Venom's terrifying. Like, Venom is a terrifying scare he might be the scariest looking villain in the entire Marvel universe. Yeah, I think it would have I mean I, I see both angles on it. Like I don't think the movie necessarily lost anything from it not having it, but I think it would have got a lot more like badass points, which badass points don't really mean anything. I just yeah. made up that system myself just now. <laughs> so it means absolutely nothing. But you would have gotten some of that gore and you'd be like, holy However, shit. It proves that Sony was probably right, maybe PG-13, because this movie made a ton of money at the box office. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later towards the end of the podcast. Uh, but I thought, basically, Eddie gets the symbiote, and we start to see his powers. Like, we see the black arm tentacle shootout. Like, we see when the agents come to attack Eddie Brock, the symbiote who basically destroys them all in the apartment. And there's this car chase scene that I felt like went on for way too long with Eddie on his motorcycle. Yeah. It was cool. It just lasted forever. That was like um, a 10 minute car yeah, chase. It was just way too long. But the payoff at the end was great when you finally see actual Venom. Like Venom taking over Eddie completely and seeing this giant hulking drooling monster with that long drooling tongue. Looks kind of like an anamorph when he would go in and out. Yeah. I can't wait for the Venom anamorphs crossover. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. Wouldn't that be a weird, like an awesome twist if Marvel bought like Animorphs and turned out it was all symbiotes. That would have been the yeah. coolest thing yeah. that could have ever happened to this film. Uh, but ten-year-old Matt is jizzing in his pants <laughs> over that idea. And that's where, like, I think all the strength in this film comes from Venom and Eddie. Like, whenever they're together and the scenes with them and Venom just destroying stuff. When Venom, uh, when Eddie wants to deliver proof of Rizomed's evil deeds. Uh, he doesn't know how to get in. So Venom just climbs all the way up to the tower uh, and just busts the window. And I, I thought that was fun and clever because Eddie hates heights too. Uh, in that later scene where all the, I guess I don't know what they were, but they were 
mercenaries, I guess, who were hired to kill Venom by Riz Ahmed's character or in Capture the Symbiote. But that was a cool scene. Like, that was a very horror element, too, with, like, the smoke bombs being dropped, Venom attacking from the shadows. Uh, I thought that was... I thought that scene could have done a lot more. Honestly. That's like, a scene I felt like, if it was rated R, it would have done a lot yes, more. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Like, that was that was really one of the only times when I was like, all right, the R rating in this scene here, when you're seeing him just, just dismantle yeah. a group of people. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure the scene in the uh, in his apartment, he would have bloodied up some motherfuckers yeah. a little bit harder. And we do see, too, that we do learn from other scene where he climbs up the uh, building that Venom's weaknesses, he can't stand high-pitched noises at a certain hertz uh, because it damages or kills the symbiote and he can't stand fire, which is also true to his comic origins. So I like that being in there. I knew the fire one. I knew that. <laughs> I knew it. I knew one thing about Venom. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very proud of you. And I knew about Eddie. Uh, but it's weird, too. Eventually, uh, Riz Ahmed's character bonds his own symbiote, who I can't remember. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, and it didn't make his character any more interesting. Uh, Venom did say that, like, Riot was way more powerful than he was, like, tenfold. Like, I kind of like that, too. Like, Venom knew, like, he wasn't the most powerful one out there. Yeah. But eventually, Venom essentially wanted to leave Earth and bring the other symbiotes back here, but eventually grew to like Earth. Uh, basically, he just liked the food supply. Uh, and so he didn't want to destroy it or bring the other symbiotes there, so he decided to help Venom to help stop Riot. Uh, that's how we get to one of the final scenes with them battling one another. And speaking of this battle where they fight super high up mm-hmm. and all this shit, I hated this scene. Yeah. I hated this fight scene. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Uh, visually, I'll say this. I thought the special effects for this film were great. I thought Venom looked great. Uh, the color palette on Riot was boring with just the gray on there. Uh, but I thought... Like, the teeth, the eyes, the way they did it, very comic organ. I thought that looked great, but I agree with you that the fight was kind of boring, and it wasn't for, like, CGI reasons or anything. Uh, I think it was very Transformers-esque, where there's just a bunch of flashing blob color in the Transformers. You get just a bunch of silver, fighting silver, and you can't tell mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening. And this last battle between Venom and, and Riot, that's kind of what you get. Like, yeah. You don't know what the hell's happening. You... I mean, you know Venom's going to end up winning, and obviously you can see Riot's, like, arm swords yeah. and shit. Like, they make that stuff look cool, but when they're actually fighting and tussling real close, it's like, I don't even know what's happening. It's kind of boring looking. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Like, the like it's weird, because, like, once that fight scene's over, I was like, oh, that's nice, because I mean, this film was almost over. Like, in the sense, like, I hated the film or anything, but, like, I was glad that we were finally reaching the ending of the film. Uh, essentially, in that fight scene, though, uh, Venom sacrifices himself to kill Riot uh, and Riz Ahmed's character uh, and save Eddie. Uh, and so we're left with Venom dying. Although we should say before this, we hit something completely with the symbiote gets separated from Eddie. And uh, because he gets captured and the soldiers torturing him don't realize that he's separated from the symbiote uh, at first. Uh, eventually he escapes and runs through the woods and as he's wait or he doesn't escape, he gets brought out to the woods to be shot and killed. Um, and Venom comes to rescue him and he's bonded with Michelle Williams character. Yeah. Uh, as she Venom, which is from the comics. As she well. Venom. Yeah. So. Oh, and she bites somebody's head off too. She bites someone's head off. Fantastic. And then she makes out with Eddie Brock 
cheating on poor Dan, who's already been through yeah. so much. That hunk Dr. Yeah. Dan. And, yeah. oh, the greatest part is at the end where they're talking again. Yeah. She's like, don't tell Dan about when we, like, made out. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that she's a dirty, rotten cheater. Uh, <laughs> I did not expect I did not expect the Stan Lee cameo in this. Oh, yeah, right at yeah. the end. It was cool. I would prefer it if, like, a Todd McFarlane cameo for this one. Because Dan had nothing to do with Venom. Unless in the sense that he created Spider-Man, so without Spider-Man, there wouldn't be a Venom. What about Stanley in a tar- Todd McFarlane mask? That's I mean the best cameo of all time. I know, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Um, I'd be better for like a cheap like Halloween Todd McFarlane mask. So like <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Um, but it turns out so like Matt said during that conversation, uh, they're talking like don't tell Dan. She asked him if he misses Venom. Uh, which he does, but we hear Venom's voice, and they're still together, so he's keeping that his secret. Yeah. Which I like that as well, too. Like, I like that the world thinks that Venom is dead, even though it's a very small world that knows who Venom is and, wants to, and that he's alive. I like that as well. And, Are you going to keep that a secret, though? I know. Like, you're going to... Yeah. That secret's going to be destroyed yeah. instantly in the next Venom film if there's another one. Uh, and Venom uh, and Eddie lay down some ground rules, basically. Yes. He can't eat dogs. Uh, <laughs> and he can only bite the heads off bad people. Yep. Yeah. And he'll know who bad people are. So I like that he like it didn't try and change Venom. It wasn't like it wasn't like, no, you're no longer allowed to eat people, stuff like that. He was like, you can still eat people. Just, Just has to be bad, bad ones, people. Yeah. yeah, I'd like that. I thought that, I thought that was nice. Um and you compromise. And it's weird too because like, Eddie, think of, like, as this good guy. That's one thing I wish a little bit different, is that you saw a little bit more of, like, Eddie's dark side or Eddie's willingness to compromise, which we didn't get before. I guess we kind of got it with him taking information from his fiance's laptop uh, to chase a lead for a story. But we didn't really ever see any true darkness from him or willingness to cross the line uh, for to try and get justice or perceived ends or anything. So, so what's your, your favorite moment from this film? Um... Uh, I think my favorite moment, uh, it's really just any moment with Eddie and Venom arguing. Uh, like, whenever they argue with each other, it's this weird, like, odd couples type thing. So I thought was oddly charming, even though it's just uh, basically, essentially, um, Tom Hardy talking to himself. Yeah. Um, I thought that was nice. And I even enjoyed uh, the final scene with Venom and the... Convenience store, yeah, yeah, in the bodega. I thought that was a fun scene too. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, what about you? Um, one of my favorite moments um, was the scene where he first gets the symbiote and he gets really sick, yeah. uh, and then he goes to talk to Michelle Williams' character, yeah. and she's on a date <laughs> yes, with Doctor Dan at a restaurant at a wonderful seafood mm-hmm. restaurant, and High he end. just yeah, and he's sweating. He's got this mad fever. And he can't control himself. And he's Mad got this, hunger, too. Yeah. This, Insatiable. I was going to say those exact words. Uh, you want to tell the story? You want to tell everybody my favorite part? So he just starts eating food off people's plates. And he's got that stiff um, that stiff motion, uh, like men in black and yes. shit. And he's walking around like that. And then eventually he just hops into a tub of live lobsters mm. and just starts chowing down on him. And he's sweating profusely the whole time. Yeah, Looks like he's... On all sorts of <laughs> bath salts, and I love it. Venom taking offense at being called a parasite, I thought was great, too. That was good, too. Uh, 
I like that actually pronounced symbiote correctly in the trailer. Jenny Slate's Dr. Skirt character uh, said <laughs> symbiote, and I'm glad they remedied that for the final cut of the film. Uh, but there's actually a pretty cool cut scene, or not cut scene, after credit scene in this film. Uh, which Tell us about it, Papa. A lot of after credit scenes might be inconsequential or hint at the next film, but Eddie's rebounding as a reporter. He's in a prison with a prisoner who only wants to talk to Eddie Brock. And so he is led to the prisoner and we see a close up of the prisoner in a jail cell. That's kind of like, like, who's like, like Harley Quinn. It's just, uh, four walls and a metal steel cage with poles separated from the actual wall and everything. So they're isolated by themselves. Um, and they're writing Eddie's name in blood, uh, on the metal part. And it's Woody Harrelson with a giant red wig. Uh, and that's him as Cletus Cassidy. And Cletus Cassidy is Carnage, who is a deranged serial killer, far more evil than Venom ever is or ever was. And it's just them having a conversation, but definitely hints, not hints, it definitely shows that if there's another film, that Carnage will be in there. And they have a great actor to play Carnage if that moves forward. Uh, yes. But I just really want Woody Harrelson to, to be the resurrected person from, again, spoilers here, uh, three billboards outside of Missouri. <laughs> yep, that character, please. Um, and there's a second after credit scene, but it's basically just a scene from Into the Spider-Verse, uh, which was a great scene. I, I, I thought it was fun. I was kind of annoyed by it. I was like, I don't want spoilers. Like, I don't want to sit through three minutes of this because I was going to see that film anyway. Yeah, so. uh, I thought that was unnecessary. Yeah. Could have left it at the carnage with Woody Harrelson. Yeah, exactly. That's all we've done. But Sony's got to try and push their Spider-Man universe. Uh, I like that they put, like, I think that the after credit scene and featuring Woody Harrelson in there if they make another one and they get Woody Harrelson for it, that's massive. I think that would be one of the first times you've ever seen in an after credit scene a big name villain like that attached with a big name mm-hmm. actor. Because, I mean, in, in Far From Home, you've got Scorpion. Uh-huh. Uh, but who the fuck was that guy? I don't even know. And the first Avengers movie, the after credit film, showed Thanos, played by Josh Brolin, who played Thanos like seven or eight years later. Did it really? Yeah. It really had Bull and Stanis yeah, in there, too? Did. I don't even remember that. Yeah, it wasn't like he was, like, in the film, but yeah, I remember him being, like, on a throne, uh, like, stationary kind of thing. But, yeah, it was uh, Brolin playing Thanos. Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the first time it's ever happened. <laughs> so, what would you rate this film on a scale of 1 to 10? It was a 7. It, was, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. Um, it was watchable. Okay, it was good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Yeah, I six seven range. Uh, yeah, I think there. like it's a kind of movie to where the first half of the film, if you see it scrolling through channels, you stop watching it. The second half, if you see it scrolling through cable channels, you actually will stop and watch some scenes. I don't necessarily like recommend seeing it in theaters. It would. I don't think most, most people would regret it. Uh, but I do think it's that perfect like movie to rent whenever it comes out on digital or Blu-ray. Yeah, I'd spend three dollars on this. Yeah. I mean, if I hadn't seen it already. Yeah. So, uh, take that for what you will. I'll buy the Blu-ray when it's 5 to $10. Oh, and like we talked about, this film made $80 million opening weekend, which is well above its projected uh, opening weekend as well, too. It was the highest opening weekend for a film in October. So, I imagine there will likely be a sequel of some sort. Yep. Uh, we'll probably see Venom, too. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine that we don't. So, what would you like from a sequel? Carnage. I would like Carnage. Uh, what uh, would happen? I would love Spider-Man to be in there, but yeah. I don't think it will happen. I think that's a little... I think we're, 
wishing for a, yeah. a little bit too much. But just Venom versus Carnage would be a fun film. Yeah, it'd be yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, bring yeah. back uh, Dr. Skirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'd be fine bringing Ruben Fleischer back as a director. I think visually the film looked really strong. Uh, he already got the boring origin stuff out of the way. So yeah. just give him just an hour and a half of just Venom and Carnage going toe-to-toe. Can we stop with the the fucking origin stories in these comic book movies? We can do it. If you want to know who the comic book character is that you're seeing before you're... If you don't want to know who it is before you go to the film, like, what are you doing? Like, well, I will say, if like... you're going to see that person's movie, like, you should know who they are a little bit about them. Captain Marvel seems to do an interesting take of it. Like, you learn her origin, like, throughout the film because she has memory loss. That's kind of an interesting one as well. And Captain Marvel's not as popular characters like Spider-Man, Batman, whoever, whoever. I can see needing an origin story for that character. But, like I said, it's mixed in differently than it is in most films. We definitely don't, we don't need an hour of origin like Venom. Give us... We even get, like, an origin. Like, we don't know who Eddie Brock is or anything. Like, who his yeah. past was. We know that he was chased out of New York, and that's about all we know. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't know jack shit yeah. about any of that. But we spent an hour setting up a movie. And that's what I hate. If you spend an hour trying to set up what you're getting to... No. Yeah. Have points at point A, point B, yeah. point C. Have it all meshed together. But I don't need an hour of getting to know you. I agree. Uh, I do think this film is better than the professional reviews indicate. Yeah, uh, I think sure. so too. I think everybody was ready to just hop on and shit on this thing. They saw the first hour of the yeah. flick and they wrote a bunch of a shitty, funny things yeah. and they were ready to print it. And this film is not like perfect or great by any means. Like it's not... Infinity War. It's not Black Panther. It's not Logan. Like it's none of these films. It's not Thor Ragnarok. But it's still fun. I mean, the, or the second half of the film is fun, and that, that's really all that matters. Yeah. Really. If you want to skip like the first thirty to forty minutes, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. But I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. Next week we'll be talking about DC's first streaming show on their animated or on their streaming service Titans. So look forward to that. Oh shit! I discontinued my DC universe. <laughs> I guess I will rebuy that. For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Eschback. You can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Please like and subscribe. We really need it. It gives me a boner. Uh, you didn't say your name. Uh, oh, I guess I should probably tell everybody that uh, I'm the real uh, Carnage. Okay, good. Henchman ain't easy.